Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning. Very good to see you all, the top half of your faces. Um, please do, uh, if you haven't yet, find a Bible. But one you may have brought on your phones. We're going to look at these words together. It involves us actually looking at them. Uh, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer before we take time to, uh, to go through these words in 2 Corinthians. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much for the word of God that guides us, encourages us, corrects us, disciples us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit given to us to grow us in our faith. And we pray, Lord, open our ears and our eyes today to hear from you and to see you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to start with a little bit of interactivity, if that's all right. I'm not going to ask you to get up and dance around, but I would like you to raise a hand, please, if in the last year and a half, you have found that your plans have had to change. It could be something to do with school. Well, wait for it, because you haven't heard what I'm going to say yet. It could be something to do with school or work or family. So here we go. Raise your hand if your plans have had to change in the last year and a half. Now, I'm just going to carefully look around and see if there's anyone who hasn't got their hands up. Because if someone hasn't got their hands up, can I advise at the end of the service you go and find them and ask them how they have done it? <laughs> but we have all found, haven't we, that it's been, a, it's been a turbulent year and a half. And we've had to ask questions, can we go to school or not? Are we able to go to the office or not? Do, should we wear masks or not? Can we come to church or not? Will we be able to see our family this week or not? The list of question, questions goes on. And what has been in the past such simple decisions have become more complicated, haven't they, in these last few months? And I wonder how you feel as you go through all these changes to your plans and I want you just to either turn to the person next to you or if you're less sure about that then uh, just reflect on your own how have you felt as you look back over these last 18 months with all these changes and we've got a little slide I think Ella if that's all right the first slide just to remind you of the question there it is how do you feel when plans continually change so just take a, a minute or two to share with each other so I'm, I'm guessing that some of the words that you're sharing with each other might be that you end up feeling a bit unsure, a little bit uncertain, a bit uncomfortable. Sometimes we can feel fearful when things continually change around us. Heather spoke last week, if you were here, from the very beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where we read that God comforts us and we, in turn, are called to comfort those around us. And Paul continues his letter to the Corinthian church here in amongst all of the uncertainty and the disagreement and the division and the fear. And he writes to them to say that God's promises always 
always stand firm. God's promises always stand firm. The Apostle Paul began this church in Corinth and he spent 18 months with the believers and he then left them and had promised to go back and be with them. And uh, we read in verses 15 and 16, if you have a look at that in chapter 1, that his plan had always been to return to them as he was travelling around Asia and what we would know now as Europe, sharing the gospel. He wanted to go back to Corinth and to see how they were doing and to encourage them. But we read in verse 23 that he never made it. And we don't quite know why. We don't know the reason. But it was for this reason that he said he would come and see them, and then he didn't, that some of them were very unhappy. And they were saying, well, can we trust this man? One minute he says, yes, I'll be with you. And then the next minute he says, no, I'm not going to be there. And some ungodly members of the church began to gossip and to, to say, can we trust this man? Because is he even an apostle? Because we can't really trust his word. And Paul, in return, writes in verse 12, saying, We conducted ourselves with integrity, with godly sincerity, relying on God's grace. But even more than this, more than Paul justifying how he had behaved and, and interacted with them, he points them to the greatest truth of all. Have a look at verse 18. God is faithful. God is faithful. When everything is changing around us, God is faithful. Some of you need to hear that today. Perhaps a situation that you're facing, perhaps the rate of change has just been too much for you in the last few months. Perhaps you've had a bereavement. Perhaps you are facing a difficult time at work, a health challenge. God is faithful. God's promises are true and they stand forever. Paul tells us that when we feel uncertain or unsure, when we're fearful, that we're to look to God and see and be reminded that his promises stand forever. And as we look to him, and we read this now in verse 21, we are able to stand firm. Now the reason we stand firm is because these promises of God that we're reading about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 are not like the promises that we've heard many of them in the last few weeks from political parties at conferences. They're not like the promises that you and I may have heard through broken relationships in the past. These promises, as we read in verse 20, are yes in Christ. Or as it says in another version of the Bible, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In other words, every promise that God has made is fulfilled in Christ. Now, I don't know if you've ever sat down and listed every promise that God has made in Scripture. I love reading the whole Bible every year, and I need to read it because I need to be reminded of God's promises over me and over us. 
but I've never listed all the promises. But fortunately, someone has, and his name is Everett Storms. That's a great name, isn't it? Clearly has been through a few things in his life. He's a Canadian teacher, and he spent a year and a half reading the Bible cover to cover 27 times and listing every promise of God in Scripture. He counted 8,810 promises, of which 7,487 are promises that God makes for you. 7,487 promises God declares over you in Scripture. God promises his presence with us, his forgiveness for us, comfort, strength, protection, eternal life, answered prayer, salvation, wisdom, peace, joy, love, riches in heaven, adoption into his family, strength and power, his provision, his deliverance from enemies, healing, continual transformation, and one day, resurrection with Christ when Jesus returns and brings his perfect judgment on all people. 7,487 promises made by God and they are all fulfilled in Jesus. It's as we look to these promises, as we read scripture and are reminded of how faithful God is that you and I are able to stand firm now. And so Paul gives us here in this passage three promises that we're going to look at briefly. And the first one in verse, we see them in verses 21 and 22. The first one is this. If we could have the next slide, please, Ella. God has anointed you. This word anoint comes from the Greek meaning to be set apart. And that's why I put up here this word holy. Because for God to anoint you means that in Christ you are made holy because God is holy. You are called to be different, to be set apart amongst all those people that you are going to interact with this week and today. You are called to reflect God's image in this world. That is why you are created. You're his ambassadors. You're his ministers of the gospel. You are his priests and his missionaries. Every single one of you. You are anointed by God. And the qualification for that anointing is trust in Jesus. As we trust in him, we are anointed. But more than that, part of this anointing means that, as we've just been singing, that you and I are washed clean. As we trust in Jesus, we turn to him, we repent, we are washed clean. We are cleansed. And I have spent 20 years standing with people who are burdened by unforgiveness. It is one of the most crippling things that any human being can suffer, to be burdened with unforgiveness. But thanks be to God that you and I have the privilege of coming before Jesus 
repenting, trusting in him and knowing his cleansing, his forgiveness and what it means to be set free. And beyond that, you and I are then anointed to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords here on this earth in your life today, tomorrow and every day However you may view your job, however you may view your life, however life is going for you at the moment, God has anointed you. The Spirit of the Lord is on you because he has anointed you to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent you to, pro- to proclaim freedom to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. God has anointed you. The next thing that we read here on the next slide, please, Ella, is that God has set his seal of ownership on you. This picture that you can see up here is a seal. It's what would have been used back in ancient Israel to stamp a letter to show that it is authentic, to show that it has come from the very person it declares it has come from. And Paul would have had this seal in mind as he was writing these words. Now, by writing that God's seal of ownership is on you and me, Paul is reminding us that we are precious in God's sight, that you are precious in God's sight. However you view yourself today, whatever has been spoken over you in your life, you are precious in the eyes of God. You are known by him and you are loved by him. God loves you so much he sent his son to die for you on the cross. You are his daughter's And his sons, he has put his seal upon you. And it's this seal of ownership that helps us stand firm in the present. Because we stand on this rock that is firm. Christ, the cornerstone, the one who is unchanging, the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And so when life gets difficult... And when plans change and it all seems like we are in the midst of a storm, we are to remember that God has put his seal of ownership on you. You are his. I have to regularly in my life look back and remember how God has delivered me over the months and the years the way that he has faithfully led me through difficult situations. And I encourage you to do that as well. Because as we do it, we remember that God is faithful. He always has been and he always will be. This seal is a mark of God's promise over you. And it's visible to others. That's what this seal was. It was visible to those who handed the letter on to the recipient. And in the same way, as you stand firm in Christ this week, God's seal is on you, visible to others, that when you go through difficult times, people will look to you and say, what is it about this person 
that allows them to be joyful, peaceful and stand firm in the face of a storm. It is Christ with you, Christ's anointing upon you. Finally, the next slide, please. God has put his spirit in you. Our lives are a mixture of blessing and battles. You know that, I know that. And probably most of us are going through both of those at the same time right now. And there's times when we feel acutely the battle. God, in his goodness, grows us and shapes us through those times. But there's also times when we see God's blessing, answered prayer. We're reminded of God's provision. Sometimes we don't even see God's provision, but he is providing for us every moment of every day. And in those times of blessing, it's like a a taste of heaven. We see God more clearly. And what we read here in 2 Corinthians is that God has put his spirit in you and me to point to what is to come. It's a down payment. It's a, a taste of where we are going because you and I are citizens of heaven. That's why sometimes living here on earth feels uncomfortable because we're meant to be with God forever, for eternity. That is where we're going in Christ. That is his promise over us. And so as he puts his spirit in us, we connect with that heavenly destination, that promise that beyond this life, we will be with Jesus forever. That promise that we will have a bodily resurrection. And I'm looking forward to that because this body is beginning to creak and groan already. We're promised that pain and evil and suffering will be gone one day forever. And we're promised that Jesus will return and bring his justice and his judgment on all people. And the Holy Spirit within you and me cries amen to that because we long for that day when Jesus returns and brings his justice and judgment. All you and I have to do is say amen. To say yes to Jesus. Yes to Christ's invitation to you and me today to put our trust in him. Verse 24, Paul writes, it is by faith you stand firm. And so as God says yes to us in Christ, we in return give a resounding and a hope-filled and a faith-filled amen. So let's pray. And I want to encourage you just in a moment of silence to bring yourselves before the Lord. God knows you. God loves you. God has created you. And I just want to invite you in the silence to take a moment to hear God's promises over you. To bring to him some of the things you are facing And to be reminded that you are anointed. 
that God has his seal of ownership on you and that God is putting his Holy Spirit in you afresh today. So just take a few minutes now to commune with God and to hear from him. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Father, we thank you that all your promises are yes in Christ. Would you lift our eyes again to you now as we return to worship you and give you the glory that you would help us to stand firm in the name and the power of Jesus we pray. Amen.